This is the Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Podcast with Dr. Serene Sharif. This is a space where we explore how mindfulness, productivity systems, and our thoughts create the magic in our life. I'm here to help and support you if you are struggling with overwhelm and burnout, and you're looking for tools to take control of your time, mind, energy, and productivity. I'm your host, Dr. Serene Sharif, and I am a general surgeon, medical educator, mom to three wonderful children, and wife, which were all instrumental in my journey to be a productivity and burnout coach. I'm excited to share my tools and unique framework to build a community so no one has to go through this alone, empowering each other to find our way out of burnout and overwhelm. We will explore how my mindfulness and productivity systems framework can help you combine the energy of mindfulness with the scientific principles of habit building and your unique systems of productivity. My framework is designed to help you find clarity, design your dream life, and create your transformation. We'll discuss how to overcome limiting beliefs and obstacles that are standing in the way of your dream life, as well as how to create and sustain your new habits in a way that will allow you to finally ditch your willpower and motivation struggles and have more time and energy to live your best life. This is episode number 31. Last week, we talked about how embracing our passion and exploring entrepreneurship can be a great way to create a life with purpose and beat burnout. I hope you had a chance to explore what lights your passion and what gets you excited to get out of bed and do the things that we do every day. This week, I want to continue this conversation and explore really are our passions. What does really living in our own passion mean? And what if it involves something that you don't know how to do? It's very easy for us to get overwhelmed and think about all the steps that we have to do and think maybe this is not really all that is cracked up to be and, and I don't need to do that. What if all of those steps that we are struggling with, feeling overwhelmed about, etc. What if it's just not a hundred steps? What if it is just one step at a time that we need to master? Because what if the thing that is at the end of it, what we are truly excited about, what lights our fires, what if that is at the end of it, what are the things that you would be willing to do? I'm so excited for the discussion today on what it means to really live in our passion and embracing all of the things that comes from believing in ourselves. Because that's really what it boils down to. How much do we believe that we have what it takes to go that extra mile, to do the hard things, to wake up every day and deal with some of the bumps along the road that is for sure to come. Now the bumps are there. We could avoid that and just take the main road and not take any of those detours that we want to, that we care about, that we are excited about. But really, then what is our journey really going to look like? So this week, I'd like to encourage each and every one of us, including me, to really take a look at what is it that lights our fires, our passion? And what if we don't need to know all the steps but all we need to know is I believe in myself. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to wake up every day. I'm going to do one step at a time, just figuring out my next step. That's all I got to figure out. And that's how I'm going to get to where I want to go. So I hope you enjoy our discussion as well. And I hope you really think about what this could mean in your life. Have a wonderful week and exploring what lights your fires. What are your passions? I'm so excited to welcome my guest today, Dr. Karen Kaufman. Dr. Kaufman is a double board certified in allergy immunology and internal medicine. And 
And she's had an exciting journey of prior practice in military, as well as a multi-specialty group, and now doing solo private practice. And I am so excited to welcome her as she shares how her journey has really been shaped and has helped her explore how to truly live in our passions. Hi, Karen. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. And I would love for you to share a little bit about how do you balance being a physician and all of the hats that you wear, being an entrepreneur, balancing some of the needs that our patients might have, actually building a practice by yourself and a little bit more about that journey and how you found balance, especially if there's been any situations of burnout or overwhelm. I would love to hear more about Thanks for asking. My journey has been a little bit of a long and winding path, starting with my time of military service and even starting, even going back farther than that to my time in residency. I practiced internal medicine for a couple of years before doing my subspecialty fellowship. Even finding my own career niche was was a little bit of a process for me. But once I fell into the clinical subspecialty of allergy and clinical immunology and really loved it, that was the first time that I ever really had the concept that physicians can be in, in solo practice. And I thought, gosh, you know, what an amazing thing it would be to open a practice in the town where I live and to serve my local community. However, after my time in fellowship, I had to go back to continue with my military service obligation, which I had one more tour left in me. We did another tour of allergy and immunology. And at that time, that was when my children were born. We had a young family. And and after that tour, I decided that the time had come for me to get out of the military and try something different. And in military medicine, as you progress through your career, there's a little bit more of an emphasis beyond just doing clinical medicine. There's more of an expectation to sit on committees and to attend a lot of meetings and to move more in line with administrative leadership within the hospital and within the medical system. And as I was moving on, I really felt what the reason that I went into medicine was because I really wanted to engage in in great patient care and that doctor-patient relationship and just didn't fit my my agenda as much to be a part of some of these committees and being part of medical education and leadership just wasn't really what I was looking for. With my children being young and at home, I decided that the grass looked pretty green on the side of private practice. So I decided to leave military service, which was after 10 years. So I think for a lot of military officers, especially 20 years to retirement seems like a long time. So 10 years is that time of make a decision of stay or go. So for me, I decided to leave military service and moved in the direction of private practice, but I really didn't know what to do or where to start. And so I had that idea of of opening that practice and I wanted to be autonomous and, and be independent. And I thought this is probably the time to do it. So I'm coming out of the military, I'll open my own practice, but I really didn't know where to go and how to start. And my husband is an airline pilot. And so we knew the greater metropolitan area we wanted to be around to be convenient for his, his airline life. And, but I didn't really know how to find a place to open a practice or like how to even do that, where to start, what kind of population needed to be there and how many people to make, to need an allergist, to make a practice successful. I just felt overwhelmed. That decision was a little bit stifling. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to just try and go be employed somewhere. So as I started putting my feelers out, I ended up in this multi-specialty group, which was actually a really appealing opportunity. I really wanted that autonomy. I wanted that independence. And this was a practice where they had one clinical allergist immunologist and, and he was on the verge of moving in the direction of retirement. So the idea of bringing me into this practice was to overlap with him a little bit and then to take over. So it sounded great because I was within this framework of an already established practice 
where I didn't have to deal with figuring out, you know, how to make things work. I could just go in into this already, already moving machine and just start seeing patients. And so that was very appealing. So I got started. So I left the military, we moved, I started my new job and it was very slow to start. The expectation was really put on me of you're going to find your own patients. Like, good luck to you. Good luck to you, but please fill your schedule as soon as possible. And and so that was hard when I was like tooling around in a new area and going to different practices and introducing myself and put myself out there to say, hi, I'm new, but I can help your patients. And th- that in itself was just, that wasn't like, that wasn't my favorite thing to do. And I, I certainly think when, I, I don't know, when I was younger, I was much more extroverted. And as I've gotten a little older, I have a lot more introverted tendencies. So to be going to these practices and to say, hi, I'm here, like, it just wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> really, I don't know, it was stressful. And mm-hmm. so it took a long time for me to build and, and that kind of going through the rigmarole of being part of this multi-specialty group, I really started to struggle with what I ultimately realized was burnout. And there was just a lot of pressure and a lot of expectation, but just not enough support and the expectation that I would just do everything and not knowing any differently. I tried to really fit that mold and to do that. And where I struggled with it, I felt maybe the problem is with me. Maybe the probably maybe the problem wasn't the expectation that was unreasonable, but maybe I just wasn't able to do it. Or I don't know, it just it left me feeling like I was just really struggling. And I was in a hole that I couldn't dig out of. And so it took me a while before I realized that I needed to get out of that situation that I was in and that the practice just wasn't working well for what I needed. And so finally, when I made that decision, now I know the area where I am. Now I know how to practice outside of the military. And after five and a half years in in private practice, I felt, okay, this is the time (laughs) that I should break away. And now's the opportunity to open that practice in the community where I live. And, And so that was how I got here. But boy, were there a lot of twists and turns along the way. And even after I decided that I was going to leave my practice where I was employed. This was probably about two to three months before the pandemic began. Mm -hmm. So as the pandemic started and everything started to shut down, my employer reduced all of our physician schedules down to part-time. And that was, I think, a a decision because payroll wasn't being supported by what was coming in and everything. And so here I was still employed, but now only working three days a week. And so that really allowed me a great opportunity to spend time that I felt like I was being given to learn how to build a practice. And so over the course of the remainder of 2020, that's what I did when I wasn't seeing patients Monday through Wednesday. So I had a lot of opportunity to start to figure out how to get my feet, to learn what the things were to start. And then one of the ways that I got through it was to emulate my myself after who have done it already. People have been in private practice since the beginning of time. So like, why would I expect this to be any different? So rather Rather than reinventing the wheel, I really just latched on to people who had those experiences and just really tried to learn from them as much as I could. When I left my my employed position in the end of November, I had a pretty quick turnaround to to open my own practice in the end of January, about two months. And and now we're more than six months in and things are really rolling. So it's an exciting transition, but I finally feel like I'm where I was supposed to be. Oh, that's awesome. What a beautiful story. And thank you so much for your service, both in the military and in the community because um, as someone who struggles with allergies all day and, and my family as well it's so essential the difference you feel when you know some of those symptoms are controlled especially in our environment now with there's a lot of pollutants and all of the additions to it so I yeah. appreciate just very much <laughs> and I loved about which is really just you, you mentioned we, we think about it in medicine
we don't really talk about the business part of it, but it is so true. Practice of medicine has been around since ancient times. People have been doing it. Maybe in the beginning they got chickens or <laughs> like corn, but over time we learn to use it and serve our community and find what is our niche and what do we really, where can we best serve sure. and really living in our own passion of what drew you or all of us to medicine right. to begin with. But at the same time, still do it in a way that is that is kind and, and compassionate for ourselves and for our sure. own growth. A lot of times we do have a very system, systematic approach to training medical students and residents sure. to cover the, the clinical side of it. We learn about the crab cycle. I don't know what we use it for. <laughs> we learn about these are the different strategies. The, these are the different medications you use to treat these types of diseases and all of these things. But we never learn about how do you, I remember coming out in the practice and, and figuring out like, how do I code? How do I do a peer to peer? How do I complete all of this paperwork that's required that nobody talks to us about? And the expectations are infinite and very nebulous. Go do it. And you're like, do what? Oh, just go do it. And you don't really know. And and I think that as medicine kind of evolves into all of the different spectrums of practice that we see now, I think there's more of and we do really learn by trying different things out. And does this work? Does it not? How do we how do we really find what is not just what we feel called to help and serve, but also how do we do that in a way that that's still fun and engaging and compassionate? to our own. So I'm so glad that you spoke to that whole journey and process. I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you mentioned burnout and mm-hmm. overwhelm. And I think that the pandemic has definitely brought to light a lot more of it, but there is a lot of high level expectations, not just from ourselves, but from maybe admin or the hospital side of things, or if you're working, if you're employed versus in private practice. I mean, even if you're in solo private practice, there's still expectations. Sure. Oh yeah. So so what are some ways that you felt has been helpful to manage when you feel like, oh my goodness, I have so much to do? Yeah. Time management is probably not my inherent skill, but working on time management and being able to get through my charts quicker and more efficiently and to, to stay on top of things, that definitely helps. Usually my overwhelm comes from volume of things that I need to do that are incomplete. So if I can really work on building those time management skills, it definitely helps me to feel a little bit better. Don't get me wrong. There's no lack of stressors and anxiety in solo practice because not only do we have our obligations to our patients as a physician, like I also have a full-time job of running a practice. Mm -hmm. So it's this dual entity of serve and work and then still get out of here at a reasonable time so I can pick up my kids from here or there or contribute to at least getting, helping getting dinner ready and clean up and the whole regular life routine outside of the workplace that it can be overwhelming. And as a new business owner, one of my biggest stressors, I think all along had been, especially early on, had been getting through all of the trials and tribulations of credentialing and contracting and like making sure that I'm getting paid. Because as medicine is very altruistic, if I can't pay to keep my lights on and pay my employees to work Mm -hmm. here, we can't serve those patients. Mm -hmm. So I still need to be able to work that, that financial income stream to make all of this happen. And that was really hard for me because it really wasn't a skill set that I had. And so the learning curve was steep, but it was an important one to get right on board with because even the most stressful and difficult days in solo practice, 
they were all better than even my best days employed. Just the pressures and the expectations that were put upon me when I was in private practice previously as an employee, there was so little that I could control. And so now the, the feeling that everything is within my control feels better, even when it's not totally all wrapped up yet. So I can at least wrap my head around the fact that, okay, I have a list of all of these pending things or all these balls that are still in the air that I'm juggling. Here's the plan on how am I going to chip them away and, and getting organized and, and working through it in a more methodical way. That definitely helps me keep level-headed when I can. Overwhelm is out there for sure, but <laughs> at least I feel like I've got the control of it now that I can just say, look, I don't have time for overwhelm in my day. I'm going to just look past it and start going through my list and, and getting all the things done that we need. I love it. And actually you hit the, the nail on the head, if you will, because uh, overwhelm is really our brain's way of saying, oh, there's so much to do. Isn't it so much more comfortable just sitting here and taking no action? Because it's safer. And so when we do things that are outside of our comfort zone, when we do things that we're not used to doing, then our brain keep us safe by saying, no, just stay here. It's okay. This is much right. better. But but by looking past it at some point, sometimes you have to deal with whatever is causing the overwhelm. But a lot of times it's really just saying, you know what? Yes, there are maybe a million things out there I can do, but I'm today my focus is on these three things. Right. I'm going to stay focused on that, build that focus and, and do it. And at some point you look back and you realize how much you've really accomplished. For sure. Focusing on one thing at a time, instead of thinking about the 20 things that a lot of us, honestly, we don't have control over all of those things. There are some things that we're just not going to be able to do, but by not letting it derail us from our path and really saying, this is my, this is what I can do. This is yeah. what I can stay focused on and, and then just do it. Yeah, I definitely, I agree with you. I, I definitely look at a, the state of overwhelm as being a choice. Like I'm agreeing to be overwhelmed <laughs> or I could just say like, no thanks, I'm not going to do that. So yeah, so it's, you have to buy into it to feel it. And if you don't, if you just say, look, I'm not going to accept that's a possibility, then you can move around it. And it's, yeah. And it's helpful even to realize that yeah. because sometimes I have had times where I'm like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. I really can't do anything because I'm so overwhelmed. And then I sit down and I wallow a little bit and I realize I could sit here. It is nice to sit here and just watch Netflix and feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Or I could just do that one. At least I'm going to move my dial, move my point, like at least a little bit. And, and sometimes we just have to do the things that we are not used to doing and, and keep our eye on our main goal, being aligned and living with that goal, living with that purpose. I think it also helps to motivate me a little bit to say, okay, I'm doing this because it's in alignment with my life vision. I need to do this. Absolutely. I find that I have that same feeling sometimes even just during a patient visit. Yes, there you find a disease process and we're trained in the way to go through it and to think critically about everything that's going on, but I get emotionally engaged in it too. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. I think there are just so many different ways that medicine is starting to branch out now in that that model, come in, see the patient and go out like 10 seconds later, mm -hmm. have a nice day, next ding. And it's people don't want that anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's not that we ever wanted it, but people settled for it. And I think there's definitely a big move. I see this in the community around me where a lot of people are moving in the direction of direct primary care or mm -hmm. some kind of concierge service or specialty service. A lot of people are tired of dealing with insurance and the demands of more, more, more. In my field, I really, I guess I could, but I don't <laughs> think I would want to step away from the traditional insurance model because a lot of the ways that we help people include things that are well paid by insurance. And if people can have their insurance cover things, I, I don't know that anyone would necessarily mm -hmm. in my field want to pay it pay out of pocket for that. So in order to serve the most people that I can serve, I'd be a part of that. But it's interesting because I just saw a new patient today, for example, and she came to me from another practice. And she said, I really just felt like I was 
was really disconnected with the practice and I would go and each time I would see someone else and no one really knew what was going on. <laughs> she said, I went in for my last visit and I had a, a skin test done and it was like a repeat skin test from years ago. And she said the provider whom she saw said, oh, you really would do great on allergy shots. I've been on allergy shots for six years at your practice. Like, how is this such a disconnect? And when I saw her, I feel this pride in my own practice comes forward. And I said, look, this is small business here. This I'm the only doctor here. All of our, all of our staff are clinical. What you're going to get here is personalized care. And it's, and it just feels so good to be able to say that. I think I take a pride in putting that emotion into what I do. And I think the patients can feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your heart's in it. And it's different when you do go. And especially there is, there are bigger groups where you go and you don't know what's going to happen. And no one's really like, you wonder, okay, who's here for me? And I think patients are looking for that. Yeah. The heart in medicine, there's just a lot of disconnect there. So I'm so excited to hear about your journey and how you've really grown that for yourself. And you're sharing that in your community and making a huge difference. And I'm excited to be a part of your community since I moved here recently. <laughs> So that's wonderful as well. I would love to have you share a little bit when we're excited about what we do and being a new business owner and everything like that. How do you find time for yourself? And what are some tools or strategies that you use that have been helpful in kind of building that space for yourself to grow and do things that are not just work oriented. I will say this is a new skill that I'm learning for sure, because certainly three, four months of this practice being open, I could have easily stayed at work till 10 o'clock at night every day because there was so much to do. And there was just so much that I hadn't quite well organized enough, just whether it was that I didn't have adequate staffing or if I wasn't doing it, like it wasn't getting done because there wasn't anyone else to do it. So it was at the beginning, putting in the work hours for sure. But it's so important for me to be present for my family and to be to be present for my children and to be able to support them in their activities and to be to not be an absent parent. And so mm-hmm. one thing that I've really started to do is I really look at the amount of time that I spend on doing each thing that I do during a work day. Like for example, I go in and see the patient and rather than just going right to see the next patient, I'm trying to sit down and take time to like finish and close the chart. But of course, in that time, there's at least four or five I need used for this or somebody's calling for this or this form needs to be filled out, or here's a lab that needs to be reviewed. And there's all of these things that are pulling your attention away from streamlining your day. Mm -hmm. And for every like amount of time that you spend doing those things, you're not doing the one thing that's going to get you out the door at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. So I'm trying to really be mindful of how much time all of that requires and to try and find better pockets of time to do it because charting is definitely probably my least favorite thing almost ever. He listed as the number one source of the burnout and the struggle that people feel in disconnection medicine. So nobody loves charting, especially me. But (laughs) if I can do it right away, 100% of the time I'm doing it way faster than if I had to do it later. Because if I have to do it later, I've got to really just reread everything and get my mind back into that visit to Mm -hmm. make sure that all my T's are crossed and all my I's are dotted and even the lowercase J's and like that I just didn't (laughs) miss anything. But if you do it right at the time, like it's good and it's done. Mm -hmm. And, And so... So I'm trying to really allocate those items that pull me away for bigger chunks of time that I have. Like maybe it's during the noon hour or something where I'll get a chunk of it done. Or maybe I have a patient that rescheduled or something. So I have a little block of time where I have an open spot and I'll try and just like motor through those types of things at that time. So that way my whole day doesn't get pushed because of those tiny things. And then I don't get home to be present with my kids or my husband or whatever. So that, that focus has really been very mind, very mindful for 
for me and a little eye-opening of just how much that really does pull your attention Mm -hmm. from where your focus maybe should be at that time. So yes. And I would say also as a business owner, I really try to empower my staff to be able to do the things that I don't necessarily need to do. We have two software systems that we use in our office. We have our main EHR, and then we use another software system that's specific for our our allergy patients with skin testing and a shot module and, and everything that we do with the mixing of immunotherapy. And it's a system that we've had to troubleshoot a little bit, not in a bad way. And most of the time, it doesn't actually have to do with the software at all, but it may have to do with our hardware we're running. And it's, I feel like there's, this isn't working. And okay, we've got a help desk. Like, I would like you to call them. Like, why don't you email them? And really to put those types of things back in the lap of the people that are working on them. So that way I can spend my time doctoring and I don't necessarily have to do all the things, even though just like anything though, I've worn all the hats. And I do wear the hat sometimes. And gosh, my patients, they get so funny when I answer the phone. They're like, Dr. Coffin, I didn't mean to call you. I'm like, it's fine. I'm like, just I'm just answering the phone. And they're like, why are you answering it? I'm like, it's ringing. And everybody's doing something and I can be a helper. And so I think just having that outlook of, I don't mind scheduling follow-ups or registering a patient or picking up the phone or troubleshooting why the printer is not printing from one computer. (laughs) Like I can do all those things, but there's a time for that. And in order to streamline my day as best as I can, like those things either need to be delegated or they need to be done later. So you're looking at where's my time best spent? What are things that only I can do? And what are things that people can help us? Sometimes we feel like, oh, I have to do all of these things. Is there something that others can help you with? And I think the team is definitely very much part of what makes medicine special. Yeah. Yeah, I've experienced that quite a bit. And even like finding what some of our staff members, finding what their strengths are and letting them like really hone those strengths. And then as they get comfortable with the things that they're now good at, then you can layer on, okay, now I'd like you to try and do this or whatever. And each of those things, it doesn't feel like overwhelm when you're building those skill sets. Mm -hmm. And rather than just dumping 30 things on someone saying, Mm -hmm. I need to do all these things. That doesn't feel good. But as you get good at doing things, then you do them quicker, you do them easier. Mm -hmm. And then you can add little things in that that take away from the places where I end up wasting a lot of time. Yeah, absolutely. And I I love that you talked about tapping into that self-efficacy, feeling like, yes, we can do this. Okay, now we can add the next step and and the next step. And that's really how our brain is programmed to work the most efficiently anyway. So it's it's a great place to tap into even in a team setting. Thank you so much for sharing. Now, if any of our listeners wanted to get in touch with you and know more about you, anyone in the Northern Virginia, DC area was looking for an amazing allergist, how would they find out more information about you? Where would they find you? So I take care of children and adults with allergies and recurrent infections who are looking to feel better and improve their clinical symptoms and improve their quality of life. And that's really where I hone in my my best efforts. We are located here in Vienna, Virginia, which is in the suburbs of Washington, DC. And we border right on the edge of Tyson's Corner. And people can find me through my practice website, which is kaufmanallergy.com. And I'm also on social media, both on Facebook at Kaufman Allergy and on Instagram at Dr. Kaufman Allergy. Thank you. And I'll include that information in the show notes as well. So everyone will have a chance to connect with you and get to know you more. And and really, I think that as experienced, both as a patient with allergy problems and asthma, really, there's so many ways that it gets us 
down. And so feeling like our symptoms are controlled and we're able to live normally, even when the allergens are out and the, the pollen is out, it's really quite amazing. Thank you so much for your for all the things that you do. And I really appreciate the time that you've spent with us and all the wisdom that you've shared today in owning that journey and owning that process, right, of finding what is it that we're really good at and living in that space of, of doing what brings us alive. So thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so glad to be here. And thanks for the opportunity to share with your audience. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today. For my listeners, if there are any topics that you want to hear more, please drop a comment below. I would be happy to add those to our weekly content. For all those listening, thank you for joining us today. If you found this valuable, please like, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend or two. I would so appreciate that. I would love to hear from you. If you have a story to share about burnout or overwhelm, please reach out to me so we can continue to build this community so no one has to go through burnout and overwhelm alone. You can reach out to me at my website, serenitywellnessmd.com or Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Facebook page or at Serenity Wellness MD on Instagram. The content of this podcast is not meant to be medical advice. Tune in for the next episode coming to you every Thursday morning. Goodbye for now.